Times have changed, right? Technology, the, the uh, that was a, something we saw this week from 1985. Laptop will never, we'll never take computers around with us. And they're saying that uh, the rate of change now is so much faster than it was in the 80s. Some of you weren't alive in the 80s. But that change happens, what used to take 7 to 10 years in the 80s, as far as technological change, now is happening every 18 to 24 months. Right? That's how fast things are changing. And some of those changes are awesome. Some of those changes uh, we struggle with. And we're not talking about technology today as much as we are change as we continue our This Is Us series. We're so glad to have you in the building. So glad to have you online this Labor Day weekend. And this is a series that, for, for those who have been with us for, for years, we, we, by the way, we celebrate a birthday next week as a church. Do you know that? Next week, uh, next week is our seventh birthday, all right? so save all your woohoos in your class, well, or not. For next week, bring it next week, like come like you're coming to a party, um, because we have a lot to uh, celebrate next week. But as a church, you know, if you've been with us uh, back in our theater days, or if you're new with us um, in the room just in the last year or two or month or two, and then we have folks that we love dearly that have never been in this building one day. Uh, we'll be in here together, but you're part of our online uh, church. Wherever you stand in that, this series is, hey, this is who we are as a church. This is who we're becoming, right? So in that today, as we talk about change, right, I'm so thankful that, that technology uh, took as long as it did in some ways, right, for me, because I would hate to be a teenager today when I was a teenager back in the day because I did a lot of stupid stuff. Right? And when I did stupid stuff, I would get in trouble sometimes. But what I never got was videotaped, right? Because you had video cameras, but you had to like put them up on your shoulder. <laughs> there was none of that in school. But, but these days, you go out, you do something stupid, or you just do something silly, or you just have a little fun moment where you, like, you feel like dancing, and somebody might tape that and then put it on who knows what. And your little foolish, silly moment is there for all the world to see for, I don't know, ever, right? And, and that's, a, that's a huge change that I'm thankful for. And as we talk about change, not technological, but life, like I think about who I was. I got three teenagers, and I think about how I acted as a teenager, and thankfully that that's not on video. Uh, I remember one, you know, that was a 1985 article that we just, that video was on, probably uh, five, six years after that, so early 90s. I was at Haynes Mall, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where I grew up. And I don't remember if I was a dare or if I came up with this. It was think it was money was, you know, it was a bet of some sort. But somehow somebody said, you won't get on your hands and, on your hands and feet and bark at that security guard. I was like, oh, yes, I will. Right? And I didn't have to. It wasn't like a twisting of the arm. That sounded like, in that, in that stage of my life, that sounded like a perfectly normal thing to do. Now, there's no video, thankfully, but I'm telling you, I got on my hands and knees and I barked like a dog at a security guard early 90s. Now, I wouldn't do that today, right? Because I know how dirty those floors are and I would never get, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that today for a lot of reasons. Some, maybe who don't know me well, some would call that maturity, that I've matured. And I haven't matured out of some things, but I have matured out of, I'm a different guy than I was of a teenager. I make, hopefully, better decisions. There's changes that have happened in me that are good. We're going to talk about something that's near and dear to us as a church 
these words change, maturity. Here's how we say it. We have a phrase that you've been around, you might have heard us say in a message, that we, we value transformation over transaction. That we value transformation over transaction. And sometimes when you put one thing over another, then you're saying like this is first and this is second. And we're, we're not even saying that we value, like it's not this is first and then we're saying, no, we value transformation instead of transaction. That transformation is the path to where we want to go and transaction is going to take us the wrong way. Now, I've said that phrase probably a hundred times from this stage, transaction or transformation over transaction. But we've never, we've always given it like a minute in a message. So we start, we thought in this, this is us series, like let's sit in that. So when we say that here and there in a message that as a church in the room and online and people watching, you know, days, weeks later, like you'll know what we're talking about. We'll all be on the same page. So let's get some definitions. So we, we're talking about the same thing. Transformation, we'll just define it as a, a dramatic change in form. That's, that's the Webster, right? So it's a dramatic, not a little, but a dramatic change in, in form and, and in our case in who we are. And then transaction is just simply defined as an exchange, right? We, we business transaction, whatever you guys got that. So when we talk about those words, that's the basic definitions. I want to give you two words that fit our context, that fit your life, that fit our church and who we want to be. I want these to be the words you think of when we say transformation over transaction. These are the words I want you to think of for your own life, right? Transformation, right? I want you to think of relationship and a process. Right? As you're being changed, there's a relationship with you and God that's the source of the change, and it's a process change. Right? When you hear transaction, I want you to think of religion, and I want you to think of performance. Right? So we're relationship over religion, we're, we're a process over performance, and all that's in this bucket of transformation is what we're about, and we turn and run, hopefully, from transaction religion. So we'll, where does all this come from? Do we just... Come up, you know, do we have a big, long meeting and, and think of some cute phrases that start with the same letter? Isn't that fun? When transformation, transaction, relationship, religion, performance, process, right? Yeah, sort of. But this, this actually comes from the scriptures. It comes from the heart of God. And if you, if you look for it, it's throughout. Like God is not secretive about who he is as a transformative God. And, and one of the best places to see that is Romans 12, he says, uh, Paul says to the church in Rome, I appeal to you, brothers, by the miracle mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. That's your spiritual worship. Now, here's our verse, verse two. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Right, and that word in the Greek is the word metamorphosis. It's where we get the whole butterfly, caterpillar to butterfly thing. That's, that's that word, be changed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then there's a promise at the end of that verse that if you wanna know what God wants for your life, which a lot of you do, I wanna know your will, your good, pleasing, and perfect will. The path to knowing the will of God is through the renewal of your mind, and the path to the renewal of your mind is through being transformed being changed, right? And there's a lot of different uh, ways that that's talked about. It's talked about in Galatians of, of Christ being formed in you. Uh, if you'll see 2 Corinthians on the screen, I'll just read that middle verse where it uses the phrase that we're being transformed into his image, into the same image, right? The glory is talking about being made Christ-like, more like Christ. This is such a foundational thing. But it's easy just to say, yeah, right? So let's, let's get down to, like, what does that look like for your life? What, what's the difference? What's the transformation versus transaction? Let's look at it in several different areas or buckets. How about 
friendships. Right? You ever had a friend that was a transactional friend? Right? I, I had some, uh, you know, in, in high school it was like this, where there's some people that really, man, they really like me. Right? Because they're a year behind me and they needed a ride to school and we were tight, man. We were friends. And then they got their license. Right? And then they didn't talk to me anymore, right? Because what I provided for them was no longer necessary, right? So that's a transactional relationship. You got, you got those, maybe, I don't know how your work office or your dynamic or your home office now or however that is, but there's sometimes there's some folks that they're really nice to you and you know it has nothing to do with them liking you, right? They, they want, there's a transactional relationship. If I'm on your good side, then that's going to go well for me with this budget, this, 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 whatever, right? That's not who God designed us to be. What he designed us to be is that in his transforming of us and that he wants to change us, that he would use friendships, he would use people in your life that would help you become who God created you to be, that would stick with you when you can't give them anything. That's how you know a real friend. Who sticks with you when you have nothing to offer? That's transformational, not just friendships, but Raph did a great job preaching last week about who we are. We're servants. This is us. And he lets you know of some things. Thank you guys who grabbed a, 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 one of those papers off the board out here. You can still get in on that. We're still looking for, for opportunities and people. So thank you for you guys who already signed up to join one of our serving teams. That's beautiful. But how easy is it for that to become transactional? Right? We, we, we have this hole in the church and nobody's doing it. And you, we need, if you do this, then we'll get to, you know, and we'll thank you and we will thank you and we will love you. But the core is God is changing us day by day. We're being renewed. And as He changes us, He changes our heart. And as our heart comes, comes more passionate about Him, then it's going to become more passionate about His church. And it's going to become a conversation of, hey, how have you gifted me to serve the church that I've been called to? By the way, RC Kids, uh, September 19th, right, that's from today. Any current and anybody uh, interested in jumping in on that? Because here's, here's the deal. Um, Raph didn't uh, say this last week, he didn't go to this part of it, but at some point, right, we want to get back to two services. The reason is um, right now our people serving, they don't get to come to a service, right? They can watch it online later, which is good, but they, you know, our, our people love to worship together and be in here. Um, so when we had two services, you could serve one and then you could attend one. Well, right now we don't have that option. So those that are, are taking care and teaching your kids or your babies or preschoolers, whatever, um, they're doing that at a sacrifice. They love it. They're great. But we want to get back to that at some point, you know, maybe early next year. But to do that, we got to have, you know, people. So um, if you're interested in, in just hearing what that's about, you don't commit or sign up, but you just show up um, September 19th. That's two weeks from today. So we got birthday Sunday next week. We got RC Kids uh, training for new and current volunteers on the 19th. And then um, the week after that, that Monday night is our Welcome to Relentless um, for all the folks that have never been to a Welcome to Relentless new and current. So that's, we've got big stuff coming. We've had like a blank calendar for a long time, so it's exciting to have some stuff rolling. But back to transformation. How about, how about getting into your dating relationships, right, or your marriage if you're, if you're married? What, how easy is it? I've been married, I don't even know, right? 20, I, I, I didn't have the number right on the tip of my tongue. Let me do the math real quick. 24, I've been married 24 years right? How easy is it even 
to have transactional, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, this is what we, this is the exchange, right? This is, you know, how we, versus God saying that marriage is this beautiful container for the gospel and the world is going to be drawn to Jesus by how a husband and a wife, or if you're in the dating phase of life, of how I serve and love and put someone ahead of myself, God's going to be glorified. He's actually, this is crazy because my wife is amazing, but the, the truth is God wants to transform my wife and he wants to use me. He wants me to be part of how she's changed by day. And not in a, hey, do this, do this, but in a loving, serving, sacrificial way. And the same for her to, God wants to use her to be part of how I'm being changed. Like, that's crazy, but it's in relationships, it's in dating, it's in all kinds of things. And sharing your faith, we talked about that a while back, you know, bringing people to Jesus. That can be so transactional, right? Hey, if you love Jesus, then go tell people, like, the cost and the, the you know, the, what's on the line here is pretty big. So if you're a real Christian, right, and it becomes this, oh, I've got to do this instead of, man, I want to do this and what happens what can happen in transactional religion is you lose the joy you 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 lose the the peace you lose the the motivation of why you started a relationship with Jesus to begin with and it's so easy to veer into this transactional even in our salvation people can lift verses out of you've heard preachers maybe Right, you just lift a verse like says, hey, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you will be saved, right? And that's a beautiful verse and it's true, right? But if you just lift that out, then it sounds like, oh, there's a little formula here. I say this, I believe this, God saves me, back to life. I'm good, we had a transaction, I signed the papers, I'm covered, I believe, I'm a Christian because I exchanged, I said some words, I was baptized in some water, I did something, whatever, and and you're losing out. Like That's why we're powerless in so many ways because we don't understand God wants nothing to do with transactional. He wants a real transformational relationship. So we gotta run back to that. And where's that all? All that comes back to the gospel. Right, Jesus, sometimes you hear it. If you grew up in church, you just hear, Jesus died for my sins. Jesus died for my sins. It can sound transactional. And you can forget that Jesus knows your name. He knows those sins. He sent Jesus to die for the world, yes, but also for your sins. So that what? So that I wouldn't burn it. No, no, no. So that you would know him and be known by him to be his child, to be loved. It is, it is through the saving that he wants to draw you into relationship. That's where it's at. This transformative, crazy Insane, unpredictable relationship that's day by day, minute by minute, second by second. Tomorrow, some of you get it off, right? You don't have to work. God doesn't take any days off. Like he, If you're leaning into what he's speaking to you, like I have, I can't even predict what he might do in your house, in your heart, in your life, in the next 24 hours. So if transformation is so much better, and it is, church, why do we struggle with transaction? We default, I do, I default back to transactional. I think one of the reasons why is because unlike transformational relationship with the living God, transactional religion, what I do keep in that is control. 
right? Transaction's attractive because if I'm just making a deal with God, hey, I'll do this, and if I never do this again, then you, right, all that, like then, then I'm setting the terms. And I can keep what, what some of us, can we be honest? What some of us, it is our God. It isn't money, it isn't sex, it isn't rock and roll, right? It isn't, our God is control. That's what we worship. That's what if, if we're honest with ourselves, if, if we could keep one thing and lose everything else, we'd keep control. Control works with transaction. That can work. I can, I'm going to exchange this, I'm going to do this, and we're going to make a deal with God. It doesn't work with transformation. Transformation only works because he's working, he's doing the transforming, and it's a surrendered heart that he transforms. So when you try to keep control, right, it doesn't, it doesn't go, it doesn't work. And we, we lose the power of the relationship. So let's, let's say, and again, we, if you don't know, we love churches, gospel-centered churches, there's churches that do things different than us, have different styles, different names, different vibes, different service times, different locations, different blah, blah, blah. We're on the same team, right? So we support them. We cheer for them. They cheer for us. We're one kingdom, global Jesus church, right? But let me give you an example, or, or let's think through what is a difference if, if a church was kind of built on transaction versus transformation, right? If it's built on, and I'll just give you one main example. If it's built on transaction, Right? That is, hey, we perform. It easily becomes then about appearance. So then my goal becomes to make you think that I'm walking as close with God as possible. Right? So then in transaction world, it really is, again, what's that about? It's about religion and performance. It becomes about trying to appear as if change is not necessary in me. Right? So... So I come in here in a room like this, or we have, you know, get to know each other whatever way, I, I'm on guard because what I want you to think is I am completed, I have achieved, I have graduated, and I am walking with the Lord with no issues and no, uh, no nothing, right? So, so I naturally, without anybody ever telling you, and a preacher never preaches, hey, hide your stuff, no, it just naturally becomes a place where you put out the best version of yourself and hide the ugly, right? And when someone comes in and doesn't know any better with their ugly on display, oh my goodness, you know, like what are they? And, and then you, you look them in the eye and then you talk about them at lunch, right? That's what, that's what transaction creates. That's what was so ugly about first century religion, the Jewish system that Jesus attacked. Now, transformational, if that's the core of who we are as a church, let, let me be honest, it starts with leadership. Right, we haven't talked about that a ton, and we're starting to you know, really get on track to organize our leadership. You know, we were a young church, and we're, we're um, in that. So when I talk about our, our small group leaders, our, our team leaders, which I'll get to, um, our future uh, leaders, ministries leaders, our staff, 
Like they should lead and I should lead in transformation over transactional, which means we love change. We embrace the need for change. It's not the new Christian that needs to do all the changing. In fact, a sign of maturity at Relentless Church and in Scripture is the person that is identifying the most change. That's a sign of maturity, not immaturity. Because here, here's the deal. It would be great, like, let's say, you know, if it's transaction, then, okay, I got these seven things God wants me to work on. Boom, boom, boom. I knock those out. Woo! Right? Finally, I can, I'm good now. Right? And that's not, that's not the deal. Right? It's a relationship. It's not seven things. Right? It is, hey, just come to me, and I'm going to form Jesus in you. What is better? Here's seven things you need to fix on your life and maybe say a prayer. It's really you, but you're including God's name in it. Right? And if you do well, you get all kinds of spiritually puffed up pride, look down on people. And if you fall apart and don't get them, then you feel like miserable and like I'm not good enough and this isn't cut out for me. What's better? That or the God of the universe forming Jesus in you minute by minute. Right? The reason we love faith overall is because we have this and that doesn't build faith. It's based on you. Right? Some of you, I don't know if God's real. This isn't going to help. This, there's a God changing me. I know it. Right? No one can take that away from you. Right, but when we try to change on our own, right, who gets the credit? You know you did it. And that's possible, right? We're not anti. Like, you can go work out, and you can go change habits, and you can set an alarm. Like, there's a whole industry that makes billions off of that, and that's fine. Like, but you can change your life. But there's supernatural transformative change that Scripture is talking about that you can't do on your own. That's why we worship, because we know what God's doing in us ain't us. I cannot pull that off. I cannot overcome addiction. Right now, can people overcome addiction without Jesus? Yes, it's happened. But it's not Christ forming in them. You can overcome addiction without Jesus, maybe, right? But you can't have Christ formed in you as you overcome addiction. Let's let's look at this this guy. Let's, Let's look at our favorite football coach on the screen. So if you're new, this is a This Is Us series. If you don't know... We'll never, there's always been trash talk this morning about college football. We'll never come to an agreement on college basketball as a church. We're not even trying to. The one place where we feel like God has called us to unite is in the NFL. Now, I know we got people from all over, right? We, there's almost a fan of every team uh, in our church, right? I have not met a Minnesota Vikings fan at Relentless, but almost every team is represented. That's fine. You can have your team. What we ask is a lot of people have a second team in the NFL. What we ask, you have your first, your hometown, whatever you grew up with, we would ask for you to prayerfully consider the Panthers being your second team, right? (laughs) Prayerfully consider that because that has been something that God is just kind of like, we can agree on this. This is, if you didn't know, this is Matt Rule. This is our new coach. Uh, This is his second year, but his first year didn't count, right? So this this is the first year that counts, right? And here's what I love about him and what you should love about him right? He's done some things, places that there's just very few humans can do. You get paid a lot of money, but the reason you get paid a lot of money is because there's not, there's not many, I would say this, you couldn't come up with 10 humans that could do what he's done in the world of football. Go to a place like Temple and resurrect and uh, a program and, and he'd had a, he had worse players than the teams he was beating, which that can happen one Saturday, right? But 
over time repeatedly. And then he went to Baylor, bigger conference, bigger, and he was playing, if you know, recruiting five-star, right? So they rank, and they're wrong more than they're right, but they rank recruits, high school kids, five-star are the best, down to no stars, which means nobody wanted you, right? And no, five-stars at that time didn't go to Baylor, so he couldn't get five-stars. So his whole philosophy in football is built on, we're not even trying to get five stars. They're not coming anyway. We're going to get two stars, three stars, sometimes one stars, and a few times no stars. We're going to get those guys, and we're going to make them into five stars. We're not going to inherit on our campus first day five star and then coach them to be great because they're already great. We're going to take guys that nobody else wanted, and then we're going to transform them. And he did it twice. And people say, well, you can't do it. It doesn't work like that in the NFL. Well, the, the jury's out. Our prayers may be the difference in his <laughs> success. I don't know. But how fun is that? Right? I coach. I've taught you I coach uh, high school girls basketball. If you give me the best players in the city, I can sit there and read a book. Right? But what's fun is watching somebody who can't or isn't become somebody who can and is. We, we are so blessed in this church with counselors, administrators, teachers, and I don't even know, right, what that's like right now this year. We pray for you. We're glad that tomorrow's a day off for you. It better be. Don't try not to, try not to go or think or whatever. But what, what, why did you get into what you got into? Because you see a kid who can't or isn't, and then not overnight, right? It's a process, but over time you see them blossom because of investment. That's where it's at, the transformation of academics or athletics, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody changing spiritually, the core of who they are. That's what we get excited about. If you come in here, we've never met you. I'm here today, it's my first time at Relentless, and I kinda got it all together. Great, we're not excited about you. We love you, but we're not excited about you. That's why Jesus said, hey, it's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick. He's like, well, so if I got it all together, like Jesus knew, right? You could see it all through scripture. If you think you're healthy without Jesus, you're the sickest of them. But if you don't recognize a need to be changed by God, then I can't help you. I am for those that know they can't fix themselves. And when you know and I've heard some great speeches in my time. I try to preach more than give a speech. I've heard some great speeches that can make you motivated to go change your habits, to exercise, to eat, to whatever. And again, I'm not mad at that. But we're not talking about transformation that you can accomplish on your own. We're talking about spiritual character, heart, life transformation that is impossible unless he does it. So to do that, to be a transformational church, we gotta trust the process. I said that phrase a second ago. It's process over performance. And performance matters if you mean like obedience. Obviously, obedience to God matters. We'll never minimize that. But it flows, that obedience flows out of relationship. So the process of getting to know and falling in love and loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, that is the process. So here's what... Here's what we're not saying. I'm not saying uh, my, one of my sons is in the room. You'll see a picture of him in a second, but not yet. I'm, I'm not saying, hey, son, I went through that when I was your age. 
I've been there and I've come out the other side, right? So, so let me walk you through what you need to do because I'm, I've, I've already been there, done that. That's not what we're saying, right? There's some things that that's part of parenting and that's true in some ways, but that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, son, we may be in different journeys of life and in our walk with Jesus, but I'm in the same process as you are. I've not come out of the other side of anything, right? I am under and surrendered to the authority of Jesus, and he is molding and making me each and every day. And I may have been through some things that you haven't been through, and there's some wisdom, and you need to hear that, but I can never come off to you as our church family or my own family. We can never believe that we have completed That is so toxic to the church when we think, I've been through basic training. Oh, it's so hard, and I can give you some advice, but now I'm out, and my only job is to help other people. What? It is a process that as long as you're in this human body, you're still being transformed. You see how much freedom comes from that? If you don't believe that, then what do we got in church? We got... Three kinds of people, the ones that aren't Christians yet, we got those that are in process, and then we got the holy few that have completed the course. (laughs) And nobody ever says that, but that's how they act, right? So if you think you've completed the course, you're as lost as anybody. If you haven't completed the course, then you just feel condemned and lesser than because it seems like some other people got it if you don't. And these poor folks that don't know Jesus yet, they don't know if they really want to get into this whole game. transformation. It's a process. I preached the prodigal a few weeks ago, right? And it's a story Jesus made up. I just love, love, love. It's so core to who we are. If you missed it, go get into that message. But he ends the story, right? And, and I've always wondered in the story that Jesus made up, it's not a real story, but did that son who left and came home, did he ever think about leaving again? And I used to say, you know, the gospel is so strong and so real, and it is, that once you taste, right, then, but then life has taught me that even when you say, man, I'll never go back, I'll never be attracted to, somehow time and sinful nature and the deception of the enemy, somehow things that we said never, I think there's probably a day where he thought the memories of how that went for him started to fade. And somewhere along the line, the great enemy reminded him of how fun it was at first when he left. And if you understand transformation, you're not scared of temptation. Temptation, it's not a sin to be tempted. We're all in that and we just get to trust. Hey, we're in process together. I need people speaking truth to me because sin looks attractive and it is attractive. That's the point. And we're all in a process and And Corinthians says it like this, we don't lose heart. Our bodies are wasting away, but our inner self is being renewed every year, right? No, day by day, the inner self is being renewed. It's a process that doesn't end until, as the rest of that verse goes, our eternal glory and we see and unseen and the things that are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And that's when we'll fully be complete. So that word complete, let's make sure we understand, move on. The complete, the work on the cross is complete, right? He didn't die for everybody's sin except for the yours, 
right? It is, it is fully handled on the cross. That is complete. What is not complete is what Scripture calls sanctification, what we're calling the process of Jesus forming himself in you. If you get that backwards, you're going to be miserable, and a lot of people have. Some people think Jesus didn't really complete the work on the cross, so every day is another chance for me to ruin everything, right? And then in the other way, right, some people don't understand that I'm not complete. If you think you're complete, man, you're going to miss everything about the beautiful day-by-day transformative relationship with Jesus. It's really good. It's really, it's fun. Let me show you a picture. This is my oldest son, all right? He's been working hard, all right? Now, you can't see the floor. That's like, there's no digital shopping, air shopping. What is it called? Photoshopping, right? There's none of that, it's a 10-foot goal, right? He's, he's been working, right, going to different trainings, doing different things, stretching different muscles so that he can, you know, be better at basketball. But also part of that is, you know, my boy wants to dunk, right? And who among us, you know, and I've told him this story a hundred times, you know, remember the first dunk I had, you know, I was in the driveway with my brother. We lowered the goal to eight foot and uh, it was a beautiful moment. But this is like, now before, you know, he gets too big of a head, right? He missed. That's a missed dunk. You don't know, you know, this is like, that one, he hasn't had his first dunk yet. But man, he's close, right? Right? He's not the tallest young man in the world. He's back here playing drums, if you don't know Jackson. Uh, but he's been working, and it's so cool because he, I mean, he could jump before, he, always, like two years old, he could get off the floor. But he's been putting the work in, specifically doing the work. And it's hard. I watch some of his workouts, and I kind of sweat and get a little sore just from watching. Right? It's like, why would you do that to your body? And the reason is because that's really fun to see his body change. It doesn't feel like work. I'm sure it's not fun. I'm sure it hurts. But it's worth it because the transformation is so cool. And we all can see that, right? We can take that off, right? You get over only so much time on the dunk shot, right? <laughs> we, nobody would argue. Oh, you shouldn't waste your time with that. Nobody would argue that that's not unbelievably fun to watch a young man or young woman dedicate themselves to something academically or athletically and show improvement. But yet sometimes we come in here and we just get all, oh, I don't, no, we, relentless, we love change. I don't care if you're eight, 18 or 88. God wants to change you, and he can. All it takes is a surrendered heart, and we celebrate it, and we applaud it, and we love it. It's no different than that. It's better and it's more impactful because, you know, who cares if you can dunk at the end of this life? But what God wants to change in you is going to matter forever. Man, let's just embrace it. We love it when we change. But to, to say that, we got to come into it with we need to change. And sometimes our pride won't even let us say that. I need to change. And here's spiritual leaders. Like, I feel like I've changed more in the last five years than the previous 15. And I think that's a sign of maturity. I'm not done. Don't hear me say I'm not complete. But please don't believe the lie. As I grow with Jesus, I'll change less. What? No, as you grow with Jesus, you'll change more. And there's so much freedom and good in that. Transformation 
is a team sport. Right? It's not something you go home and transform. One, you can't transform yourself. You can't do it without Jesus. And two, God set us up to do this together. We need each other. So let me tell you, we haven't talked about this from stage. There's, there's an embryonic, infant, very early test phase ministry at our church that we call TEAMS. Right, and it's an acronym, T-E-A-M. These are groups of three to five men, three to five women, all kinds of ages, multi-generational, multi-ethnic. Um, and they meet uh, once a week or once every two weeks. And it is the highest commitment level that we have in our discipleship church, uh, program of church. And again, it's very early. We hope to be able to fully launch this in the 2022. Um, but the goal is the acronym. These people, these men get together, they, they train not physically, but spiritually. They encourage and they provide accountability all for one purpose, that they would mature together in Christ. That they would mature together, right? Just, now it's the, it's, it, you, you, you gotta commit to the group and it's, it's a lot to it. Um, so we'll, you'll be hearing more about that. I just wanna plant that seed. If you're like, you know what? That's why I was here today or that's why I'm listening online. I gotta, I've gotta get an attain. We've got just, a, unfortunately, we just got a very few spots because we have to do this correctly. We can't, we gotta, this is a very, it's probably the most important thing we do, big picture, long-term. So um, we have just a few spots. If that's something that God's put on your heart, like I need to, I need to know more about that today than you. There's something on our website. You can get in on that. Worst case scenario, we have to say, hey, you're on our waiting list. And as soon as we got a spot, you're right there. But that's, that's a way we're going to transform together. The other way um, is our RC groups. It's one of the hardest things in the last um, year and a half. We've only done online and we'll do we're figuring out how to do this online. Some will be online, maybe some in homes, but um, we're gonna, you know, for the first time in a long time, we're gonna get back. And that's just a way to, to meet some folks. Um, but it's the goal of our groups is transformation. That in a short six week run, you'd get to know some people, yes, but you'd also be changed and be changed together. And we change better. We change better when we're in a room uh, together, when we're in each other's lives. So that's one of the, that's a couple of ways that we're actually going to be doing that. So I want to plant those seeds. But really, I want to ask this question as we uh, are going to lead into a song to send you into your week. And the question is, how is Jesus changing you? Right? And some of you that have been walking with Christ for a while, your testimonies, I've never heard a boring testimony. People are like, well, my testimony is not. Stop it. Jesus brought you from death to life. I don't care the details. It ain't boring. But some of you you lean so hard on what God did in 2007. That's beautiful. It'll never not be beautiful. But the question is not, what did Jesus do? The question is, how is Jesus, I should add a word, currently changing you? What is he doing today? You're not complete. You're not done. Like, that's what we want to celebrate when you say, hey, I, I was, I prayed. I usually, I pray after I sin. I prayed in the middle of temptation, right? That's a change. That's beautiful. I, I didn't react. This usually gets me and I lose my cool so quick and I still did, but it took longer, right? That's a change. Like, we're getting there. Like, I always take the bait when this person in my life, maybe it's a spouse, but I always take the bait because they know how to push my buttons and I, and I didn't this time. Right, not by luck, but because I'm giving Jesus permission. How is Jesus currently changing you? We gotta have an answer to that question. That's where the beauty's at. He never stops, and it's relational. It's beautiful. He's so gracious as he does it.
I can't answer that for you. But I want you to remember it's not, it's not just don't, 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 right? When you hear change, you think, oh, God wants me to stop saying this, doing this. That's in there. But man, there's so much more. Not of the stop doing this, but I want you to start doing this. This is this joy hit on it so well. This, I don't have control. I'm surrendering to you. I never planned to be a single mom, foster mom, getting ready to happen and change a kid's life forever, but that's what God's called me to. This adventure, joy, unpredictable, never boring life that God calls us to. It comes from just day by day. Renew me today. Mold me. Change me. Some of you are praying prayers that God's not answering, and it's frustrating, and I feel that. You know a prayer that he'll never not answer? That's, I'm offering you something today. Here's a prayer God will never not answer. Here's how we have it on the screen. Make me and mold me into what you've created me to be. You want some guarantee? I just need some answered prayer because, God, I don't know where. Here's a guarantee. Here's a gimme. Make me and mold me. Now, that requires... Surrender. Make me and mold me into what you've created me. The man, the woman that you've created me to be. He wants to answer that. He's really good at it. He wants to transform us together. And if you let him, you'll have something that's real and that you're so sure of that no circumstance. A lot of times we think transformation thinks he's going to change all these circumstances. Often circumstances don't change at all, but he changes you. And how you respond to those circumstances is completely different because it's real. That's who we are. It's what we want for you. It's what we want for you. That's what we want for people you know. It's something that's real. Let me pray for you. And then just let this song set you up for the rest of your week. Father, we thank you that you hear this prayer, that you're with us. God, it would... It would be so easy for you to send Jesus and do a transaction and just be done. That would have been plenty if you just did that for us, but that you'd be so good that that you sent Jesus for a purpose, that you rescued us for a reason, that you would know us and be known by us, that you would be our God, our Father, our Redeemer, our Provider, our everything, that you would walk with us and mold us and change us in a beautiful way day by day. And God, that you would create this thing that we're in, right? this church, this gathering, this holy community, that our one common denominator is that we all need you and that we would watch you change us day by day, minute by minute. And we could cheer each other on and we could help each other change and we could provide grace and admit it's a process. God, help us become the church that you've called us to be and help that church always be built on the real thing of Jesus. It's in his name we sing, amen.